Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss every Bare Naked Ladies song from 7 to Y. But I bet you already knew that I was going to say that. Joining me tonight is a man that I have a picture of and his mother on my mantle next to Charo. Please welcome Jeff. Hey, everyone. <laughs> I think I'm disturbed, but that's keep, roll, keep rolling, but all right. <laughs> and joining us tonight is returning guest and friend of the podcast, someone I will probably have a bone to pick with about this song, Eric Butterworth. <laughs> Hello. Hopefully not too big a bone. <laughs> And it begins. <laughs> and if you haven't picked our wonderful puns that I've been throwing out there, why don't you enjoy my puns? What's wrong with you? Never mind, I know. I enjoy them. Um, so tonight's song is I Know. Now, Aaron's not here, but I'm going to ask him, Aaron, what album is this from? So we did not have Aaron this week, unfortunately, but he did send a postcard from his underground bunker with a chimpanzee on it for some reason. Um, in an undisclosed location, I'm not giving away where he is. As I said, he's in timeout right now. So, Aaron says about I Know. Unfortunately, I cannot guess what album this I Know is from because I know the answer. It was spoiled for me when the album cover showed when I was playing the song Born and it's Born on a Pirate Ship. The song certainly has that earlier BNL quirkiness, and although Ed is singing lead on it, using a sample of a televangelist definitely seemed like a page move to me. So the album doesn't surprise me, but I'm not as familiar with Born on a, Pir Born on a Pirate Ship as I am Gordon and Stunt and Maroon. So this might have given me a little trouble. I might have guessed maybe you should drive. Actually, because sonically this song reminds me a little bit of A and Alternative Girlfriend. <clears throat> I think this is off of Stunt. <laughs> There's no way he's getting this wrong, by the way. Oh, There's he's no so way wrong. he's going to get this wrong. No, he's going he's gonna to totally get this. <laughs> you don't think so? You think he's going to get this one right? This is such a boring song. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to say he's going to mess this one up. I don't think so. I, I think he's... I think he's going to nail the era. I think he's going to nail it down to either maybe or born. Yeah. I think he'll guess maybe. I could see maybe. Uh, I, uh. <laughs> but it's definitely a, a born on a pirate yeah. ship song. Yeah, I mean, it's a born on a pirate ship. <laughs> I think he's also going to really dig this this music here. And I think right. he's going to lump it in with, I think maybe it's his favorite, isn't it, currently? I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think I think you're right. So 1996, Born on a Pirate Ship. Um, if you haven't heard this song before, here is a quick snippet. I know why I like you. It's because of your clothing and your haircut. And because you're racist. I have a match your face. My asking questions you can't answer. You wanna box me, our world. 
So this is a Paige Robertson tune, according to everything out there except Wikipedia. Wikipedia, for some reason, has it written down as Ed. Um, so I think that he probably wrote the majority of the song, probably the verses, and then Stephen probably wrote the bridge. The bridge has a little bit of Stephen flair to it. It does. Not just because it's his voice, but... No, that's a Stephen bridge. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I do want to throw out there that there is another version of this song. There's the two, one that's on Born on a Pirate Ship, but there is also a Bathroom Sessions version of this song. Um, if you haven't heard it before, it's about the same, but once again, without all the extra instruments added in. Um, it's very simplified. Um, same beat, nothing different. Just Ed playing. It is kind of cool to listen to, though. I agree. Do you want do you want feedback on that? <laughs> I've been doing a lot of talking. I'm I'm gonna pause every now you, and then. You you were taking a drink break. We should have filled that in. Or you just want to spit out your drink because that's. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get to the music. Aaron, can you give us a breakdown? I know was recorded at approximately 130 beats per minute. The tempo does sway a little. They tended not to use the click tracks in the earlier albums, especially for the playful songs like this one, with lots of changes in the feel and style, and that's nice. The song is in G major. It is an enjoyable song, with fun and energetic, with a quirky wordplay. I am particularly fond of the bowed strings and the auxiliary percussion. Even if this song doesn't quite make my absolute best of... I certainly would not shy away from it as a decent example of what B&L sounds like, as varied as they are. Sorry I couldn't be here to break it down in detail and in person. I see that he was right in everything he just said. Yeah, he was absolutely, absolutely, absolutely he right. Nailed, nailed it again. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when he's talking about the timpanies. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you guys know who the extra person is that's on the song? Oh, man. I read it earlier today. I bet I could find it. Is it the seventh BNL? Sort of. I I think that's one of the BNL members might take offense to you saying that. Uh, Oh. Well, then 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 delete that. Cut that. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want to offend anyone here. (laughs) We're trying to we're trying to get the remaining members on here. (laughs) That's true. Uh, But they're not the ones that would that would have offense to it. So on this song, we have a flute and a piccolo. That's added in. This is not listed on Wikipedia, but it is listed in the liner notes for the album. And Eric, who is it? That's uh, Carolyn Ricketts. Do you know who Carolyn Ricketts is? The name's familiar, but I cannot place it, and I don't know why I can't place it, but it is familiar. A year later, she would go by Carolyn Page. Oh! (laughs) Yes, it is Stephen Page's first wife. Oh, flute brings people together, I find. (laughs) <laughs> I think that's I think that's probably something I would have found in public stunts, private stories, but I have not read that in far too many years. It actually wasn't in there. I actually like no? I came across it and I'm like, I know this name. No, I know this name. And so I looked it up. I was like, I, I'm pretty sure and definitely, yeah, it was his his ex-wife at that time, girlfriend, soon to be wife. Ed is on Cowbell. Tyler is on vibes and percussion. I don't know what vibes is, but... And then no one else is listed on this song, so I'm guessing they're just playing their usual... Aren't vibes like chimes? 
I thought. Am I, oh, well, maybe. I think they're, they're kind of a, a tribe, a tribe thing. Jim's in there on bass. Vibraphone. Yeah, I mean, I think they're playing their usual instruments, and yeah. they just didn't list yeah. them for whatever reason on this album. They just listed the and unusual ones that were thrown in. Kevin's on sitar, I believe. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, in this album, we have neither Ken nor Andy. Kevin. Yeah, Kevin's not on the nice I was just going to say, yeah. there is definitely someone missing in this album. Yeah. And... yeah. It's a four-piece band mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. yeah. However, and I didn't spot it, but I read earlier today that Kevin made it into the thanks summer, I think. Yes. Yep, they thank I, him for was, his inspiration. Yeah, he's, he had started touring at this point, I believe, right? He yep. was in the touring, yeah. They toured before the CD was actually released. So he didn't get in for the recordings, but he got in for the liner notes. Right. And what they say on the notes are special thanks to Kevin Hearn for the injection of new spirit. Oh, man. Wow. And boy, he brings a lot of new spirit to this band. And if only he could have injected some keyboard into this song. There's something missing in the song. There is something missing. Yeah. Kevin Kevin would have injected a lot into the song. Um, he could have, but it's already so frenetic and busy that I f- personally, know. I feel like nothing's missing per se. I think he definitely could have added to it and made it more, but right. I never felt like anything right. was missing right. per se. I'm going to bo- pick a bone with you on that. No, <laughs> Go for it. No, um, I don't think there's anything missing, but I do think that Kevin always finds these little spots throughout the song where you wouldn't notice it was missing until you hear it and you're like, right. you're totally right. Yes, that was what was needed. How did you know that? That's true. And I got to say, I never noticed Carolyn's flute until two days ago. And I have been listening to this for about 20 years. And I yeah. only just realized in the last couple of days that there's a flute in there. I actually, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out because I didn't read that in the liner notes <laughs> earlier today. <laughs> And I was listening to it today, and I was thinking, there is definitely flute. Is that Steven? Because I know Steven plays flute. Right. And so I thought, it must be Steven. Well, and that's why you're like, well, why did Steven let her do the flute in piccolo in this one song? I don't think she plays on any other song. And we'll in the future, we'll see if that's true. But I'm not, I haven't she's, gone through every single one. Maybe because she was his Yoko Ono. I know why. It's because she's better at flute than he is. <laughs> And he didn't know that. She said, hey, I play flute. Can I play on this album? Mm-hmm. And he said, sure. And she played. And he said, well, never again. You're standing. You're showing me off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> one time, one time and only. And that was the beginning good. of the tear in the relationship. Oh, don't make it sad, Tracy. <laughs> always. I will always give it a sad turn. <laughs> I'm American. It's my job yeah. to give it that sad At turn. At least not till the three-quarter mark when things fall. When the wheels, when the wheels fall off. Yes. <laughs> The Trouble with Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's coming. Starting early. Um, I do love a lot about this song, though. Like, the rhythm of the singing that's behind this. Like, it's a different beat. It's a different singing cadence. Um, I like a lot of that. Like, it's really cool. Frenetic was the word I used earlier, and that's the word that mm-hmm. I've been hitting all day today. There's a frenetic energy to it between Tyler's drums and even Ed just on his strumming patterns is just doing that and jim's funking out on his bass right. it's it's i've always it's an energetic i've always really liked the shift to from the verse and courses core courses to the bridge that that mm-hmm. shift is always good now i did i've always kind of felt like the bridge uh is a, a low rider bum, 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 which is 
I cannot get that out when I hear like, "Tell me what's the circumstance." But <laughs> there's the the that's the reference I was gonna point out to you if you guys didn't you already st- catch it because I didn't catch it until I read it today and someone posted a little oh a little song link and they joined the two up. Cut that, cut that, Tracy. I'm not taking this thunder. No, 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 no. Take take my thunder. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> I, but someone posted that that little wavelength, and they played a little bit of Lowrider. Yeah, right. Yeah, a little bit mm-hmm. of the bridge, and I thought, oh my! And now I'm never gonna not. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Once you once you hear it, you I'm can. I'm not away from it. I think at the end, yes, they yeah, change like um, the last note. But other than that, yeah, you're right. It's right there. It's the same thing. Yeah. And if you don't have it, it's in that. Discord, you'll have to. Oh, I credit. He's Adam. he's he's got it. He's. <laughs> I've got low rider. <laughs> All his friends have low riders. I believe. <laughs> really? It's it's one of my karaoke backups. <laughs> oh yeah! Wow! All right. Low rider. I can't do that. I can. <laughs> I got a baritone voice, so I yeah, can go down into down into the bass a little there. My favorite baritone bass to sing is on a missing song that has been skipped and shuffled out of order. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would never that do is, that. I would never that shuffle is, a song. Yeah, you don't. You, you can cut that. You don't have to tell the listeners that. But uh, that is seriously my favorite low end oh, to sing. That is my shower song. Like I love listening to that in the shower and singing that along with it. Like that is a. I I will put that on every time. That one in narrow streets every single time. You, know, you guys are you guys are talking a good game here, but I don't hear anybody singing. <laughs> I don't have the lyrics in front of me, and I don't have the music playing. All right. Yeah. And I'm not a professional like you. When I'm feeling blue, I pick up a shoe, pretend it's a telephone, and that I'm talking to you. Oh, I was thinking of just the bass line start, like, do, 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 No, that's Narrow Streets. Oh, that's right. That's Narrow Streets. Yeah, I love the beginning of that, too. That was really cool, guys. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Self-isolated. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and you mentioned I put it in there, but there's another reference that I found this week that I was like, actually, that's kind of neat. If you listen to Ed's rhythmic playing at the beginning of this song and throughout the song, but you can hear it very definitively at the beginning, the franticness that you were talking about. Right. I know why I like you. It's because of. No, he's a fantastic. It sounds very similar to For Once in My Life by Stevie Wonder, but sped up. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, ding, yeah. Ding, 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 <laughs> Yeah. I'll put those yeah. in here. Too. So they're, they're borrowing a lot. It's very, it's very jerky. <laughs> like the, the, accompaniment, the, the accompaniment at the beginning here is like, it, it feels, uh, um, I can't talk tonight. It feels really jerky. And I, and I like that though, that, that bottom, but I can do that. Way. Yeah. Yeah. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. I have to, I have to say though, with them, Borrowing whether it's intentional or not, whether it's just they land on a really cool groove or rhythm or something, 
And if it's entirely unintentional, it's cool. If it is almost an homage and they thought, you know, it'd be fun lowrider in here. Mm -hmm. I, I really like that they do yeah. that because it's kind of been a staple, even in their live shows when they do their medleys and they're, you know, singing along to the pop songs of the day and they're just throwing it out there for when he brings Rush guitar licks into his songs. Mm -hmm. It's just, I love when they borrow from other bands. And I thought in some of the recent albums, I noticed in Steve's too, a lot of Steve's mm. instinct. I found a lot of stuff that reminds me of other stuff. And I love that BNL has done it since their inception, right from the beginning. Yeah. With, you know, they even, miss, even Mr. In. Roboto and, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, Camp, is a <laughs> and they're going to tell you before they go into it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sticks. Sticks. <laughs> <laughs> but you get it with hello city. Like they, in, they, oh, put, yeah, that's true. they yeah, put house Martins right Tap there in the middle again. of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't know until I listened to your podcast because I don't know the house markets. And now you know. And now I know. <laughs> the more you know, do, 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 I do, don't do. know. <laughs> what did you do, Kitty? Um. <laughs> the foster host. <laughs> anyway. Uh... My cat's knocking everything over in the background. Okay. She's giving me a look like, don't talk about me. She's pissed off, She's pissed off the song talks about dogs. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, or actually, does it? Does it? Or, let's or does let's it? get to the lyrics. Right. Are we done with the music? Do we finish? Oh, with no, the I was going to say, do we have any more to say about the music? I guess the only things that I was going to say was, uh, I think much what Jeff was saying, the, the transitions between the verses to the pre-choruses where he just, they knock it back, you get the... It might be the vibes. I was calling it a xylophone all day, but maybe that's vibes. Is that what vibes is, Jeff? I, see, I thought vibes vibe. were more of a like a, a chime kind of thing, but I could be wrong. Maybe that's what it is. It sounded like a xylophone to me. But... Yeah. All right. Well, let's. All right. So you were talking about the vibe, and then you found some research, Jeff. Yes, I did. I did. I, I elected I, or Googled or whatever, um, whatever the kids are saying these days. I researched it. And yes, the, so the vibe is uh, like a xylophone or a marimba. So it's a, it's a mallet instrument. Um, I was Interestingly oh. enough, when I was listening to the song, I was sitting there. I was like, I don't think it's a xylophone, but it definitely doesn't sound like a marimba. So mm -hmm. it's nice that you bring up both of those <laughs> instruments because I'm like, it's kind of. Yeah, I think it's kind of the yeah middle ground between the two. But yeah. Gives me so a little I, bit of validation. Yeah. At least I had the horizontal keyboard type. Since we don't have anything more to go with, why don't we why jump over to, to lyrics and what this song means? Why don't we? This is the short, easy part, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, people have said that this song means nothing. People have said this song is very deep. Why don't we talk about what this means, other people? <laughs> <laughs> So before I express what other people have come up with, what do you guys think that this song is about? You want to go first, Jeff? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Right. I don't on this one. <laughs> I, I can go first. That's fine. I, I have a funny uh, way of looking at this story because when I, when I was first listening to this song, I was telling Jeff last night after Tracy left us rudely, I was telling Jeff that I've been listening to this album for almost 20 years because I first came into BNL right after one week and stunt came out and then I quickly got their back catalog. So at that time I was about 13, 13 year olds don't do a great job of analyzing and going in depth on lyrics. So I thought this was a 
silly, ridiculous, nonsensical, has no meaning song. Talking about circumcision and. But a fun song, yeah. The you know the circumcision, that whole that entire verse is just hilarious mm-hmm. to a thirteen-year-old boy. Oh, it's I'm fantastic. sure. And maybe maybe thirteen-year-old girls too. I don't know. I don't have their frame of reference. But as I you know listened to it more and more over two decades, I started picking up more on it and thinking more on it. I think these days it's straight up just social commentary on a few different aspects of life. All and right. It's very tongue-in-cheek in a lot of it because some of it sounds like it's coming from a place of liking racists, but I think that that's a tongue-in-cheek oh, portion. Yeah, that's got to be tongue-in-cheek. We really yeah. hope that's tongue-in-cheek. From, from what we feel like we know of the... Yeah, it sounds like he's starting, in, starting an argument with the racist, with the racist like the, a, face, the end of a the, Facebook conversation, you know. Yeah, the end of the verse brings you back to the, oh, yeah. this is Yeah, you want to box me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you want to fight. <laughs> but yeah, so my my, how how far do you want me to go down this rabbit hole, Tracy? Do you want me to touch like just the first verse or more? Or? All the way down, as far as you can go. Go as go as go as deep as you want to. You've heard the show. Yeah, no, let's go all the way down, and because people have had a number of ideas on this, let like let's go verse by verse. Interestingly <clears throat> enough, I don't know if Aaron's gonna be able to break this down or not, but if he isn't. It's A A A A B is the bridge, and then A A because there's two verses for each stanza. There's no real chorus. No, there's no there's no real rhyme scheme either. There's no rhyme. No definitive rhyme scheme or anything. But I always looked at it as being. No, nope, really, I'm looking at it, and there really isn't a rhyme. No, scheme really for it's really a, it, it feels stream of conscious to me in a way, but. Interestingly enough, I thought it was kind of A, B, A, B, C, but I was thinking the Bs weren't choruses. They were kind of alternate, alternate mm-hmm. verses. A, B, A, B, A, B, A, B, A, B, C. It's A, B, A, B, C. It would be. So you have verse, alternate verse. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, you're right. A, B, A, B, C, A, B. Yeah, because they're not choruses. Because it drops down into a very different sound and with that uh, more mellow side the less frenetic part the our world works right. in a weird way those change entirely so i felt like those were like a b and then the bridge takes in the c and then you go back to a b so a b a b c a b but what's interesting is the a b seems to be combined so each a b is yes i agree because they're very they're very connected in lyrical content yeah and theme I just noticed. I just noticed though that the one rhyme before the bridge, which is all rhyme, uh, the one rhyme leading up to that part is the last line of the first chorus and the last line of the second chorus. That is the only rhyme that they do. More and war. Yeah, more and war. Is the well? Only... There's also a, the rhyme. Our world works in a weird way. I've heard them say a man with a beard may say a man. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Which they, yeah, which they do in the second one to a tail and male ant. Yes, that's yeah. true. Good call. So it's that syncopated. Yeah, rhyme right, event. right. It's not quite where you expect it to be yeah. in the sentence. Right. But those are the only, only, until you get to the bridge, that's it. That's that's the rhyme scheme of really heaven, and, heaven and Kevin. Heaven and Kevin. And then the rhyme scheme of more and war, which is the word just before the chorus, yes. does not work with the finishing word for the song, which is Jack. Right. <laughs> So I don't know what he wanted to do there. He was like, oh, let's just throw it 
this really weird. I don't know. I feel like Eric has an interpretation for the random Jack. All right, so let's let's break it down. I'm gonna say stanza by stanza. <laughs> okay, all right, let's do that. Let's do that. It, it has this A B theme. I think. I think each of these A B they're they're collective. Yeah, so. the, yeah. The chorus, the chorus of the the first chorus definitely applies to the first verse. The second chorus applies to the second verse. So there is a reference. Those two don't feel connected, however. Yeah. No, exactly. So, what? Let's go on the first one. What are your thoughts on the first one, Eric? Okay, uh, skip the I know why I like you part because that's just how they're getting around this song. That's their vehicle for the song. And uh, so your haircut and your clothing and you're racist. Well, the most famous racists who have a specific haircut and specific clothing, I'm going to say are bald and wearing white robes. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Oh, but you're you're looking at oh. the one with the mustache, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, you're looking at the one with the mustache. I figure that's just another example. The mustache, I thought, Hitler, but yeah. That's, yeah, yeah right, I think right. that's, that's exactly. where he was right, going right. with that. Like, pe- people are scared of people with beards, but I think that mustache really scares me more. I yeah. think that's, that's a Hitler reference, well. yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. exactly what that is, yes. Um, but I, I always looked at the first one, like the KKK always just came up to me as being what that mm-hmm. refers to, because they're kind of a current example of that mentality now that you're uh, you know oh, now that you're saying that i have a match your face like i'm gonna light you up instead of you lighting up a cross oh i didn't even think about that that's, i always thought of it as a boxing match i have a match you want to box me you want to that's me? true like i can see that too oh, but i yeah oh true. wow okay but, yeah sure i like your interpretation too i think either way could go for sure and see because... i didn't go with the double meaning at all just i have a match your face and how yeah. it looks when i ask you this question oh, okay well that is awesome. I, always, <laughs> I love that that spot. Your face, my asking you questions because I always feel like it's yeah, that, yeah, know, kiss my ass and, mm-hmm. and mentality to it as well. Kiss my ass. You, you know, I'm gonna ask you these questions. You're, yeah, you wow, yeah, that's you true. Have no good answer for the questions I say. You wanna you wanna fight? And he does hold on that. That is that is a good lyrical tie-in, right? Your face, my asking you. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I feel like there's always just a little bit of a pause before he finishes asking. Already, I can see yeah. this is going to be fun because we literally had three interpretations of that one word. So this is going <laughs> to be great. <laughs> this song has so many things it could be. So, yeah, and then you go into the chorus for chorus quotes for that verse. And this is so, like, this first part is so very today. Like, the fact that he's insulting racists, uh, that he disagrees with them by asking them questions they can't answer, then they want to get into a fight. I mean, it sounds so much like today's society. Yeah. And you know it's even, like, a theme amongst the members of this band, too, because look at uh, Discipline with Stephen Page. Mm. Or, well, in White Noise. White Noise. It's a White. Tongue, tongue-in-cheek song against racism. Right. But yeah, it, it has that whole entire theme as well of, you know, fight fighting the, the racism, and but coming at it from a very tongue-in-cheek, sometimes sounding like you're from the wrong side, but it's entirely tongue-in-cheek oh, yeah. d- deriding yeah. it. And he turns it at the end, which is great. And, and it even has the fighting analogy, because this says, you know, you want to you box me? And Stephen Page <laughs> goes on and, you know, how many decades later? Two decades later, saying... You raise your flag, mm-hmm. I'll raise my fist. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's, it's a fantastic tie, and I love that they're they're still on it, taking this matter into you know right. into their hands. Well, and with and... invisible fence, which will be coming to in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, they're they're still like attacking these 
in, in a different way, attacking these institutions of racism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's and so yeah, as you said, the the beard frightening kids or dogs and whatnot. Right. Mustache scares me. For I I always like you said, I always just line that up with well, who's the scariest mustache out there? Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, sorry, no. Someone else who has the same one. Yes. <laughs> um, and I, I think it's interesting that he said that he heard that a that a beard man with a beard may frighten children or dogs, but the research wasn't that. The research actually says that men with beards are more liked by children. However, people will report that they trust them less. Because they're hiding their face. Okay, this is getting weird, though, dude. I just researched this. Uh, actually, when did when did Pirate Ship come out? Ninety six. Okay. Which was about the time that that research came out. A little bit earlier. Yeah. All songs ninety five. Because I was in I was in college at the time. Now, I just found a research from twenty twelve published in Toronto, of all places, that says that men can find beards intimidating on other men. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah, maybe I need to shave. Yeah. <laughs> Songs 95, album 96. Right. Okay. <laughs> no, but back then, the, the, the going thing was that they were very likable and very kind, but untrustable. Well, Santa Claus. I mean, nobody's scared of Santa Claus. Kids are they? <laughs> well, actually, no. A lot of kids are just you, kids. you know what? Yeah, my, my son <laughs> actually, and I and I feel like there's a song idea here. We were watching a show. We are talking about Santa Claus. He's like, he's such a stalker. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, he watches you all year to see if you're good or bad. And then he comes down your chimney into your own home. He's creepy. And I'm like, okay. It's funny. The research doesn't line up with reality at all. Because if the research says... We trust people with beards, but we witness children with Santa. Yeah, clearly right. Are scared of him. Like we're 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 not scared of them, <laughs> right? But kids are scared of them. We trust them more, or we don't trust them. More, we don't trust say, them more based on the research. We don't trust them more, and yet we're perfectly fine with this bearded guy just sneaking into our house at night. And I'm not fine with it. Steal anything? He's gonna leave stuff. I leave out traps. <laughs> I leave out traps. <laughs> like what kind I'm of the... traps? Milk and cookies as traps. <laughs> What's worked? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, just a well, well, well placed mouse trap. You know, you can hear him screaming. <laughs> so you know, you know he's there. And then you got the twenty two ready to go, and you're like chasing that jelly old elf out the door. <laughs> Did I just make Christmas dork again? Santa Claus, though, because. <laughs> Santa Claus, like, I'm wondering if that's what they were thinking of, because that actually fits in really weird here, or really well right I, there. I wonder if that's maybe just our weird right. connections making that. I don't, I don't know if that was the band making that connection as well. I think that might have been for this. Never know. If not, I love that. No, one. it didn't get blatantly weird until Steven took over on the bridge. That's that's when. Oh, it, then it gets weird. But that's when it gets weird. We still we're not. We're not second, there yet. We're not there yet. The we're second stanza to go. I'm ahead. So I'm let me move on to the second stanza now. Yes, sir. So now we change our pattern already. That it's not a pattern, but it becomes a pattern. But he changes the pattern the second time. I know why you bite me. Right. Now people all over the grid were saying that this song is about a dog, and I'm like. Um, Meowing. I'm pretty sure that it's not a dog, and that's the whole point. I am 100% <laughs> sure that it's allegory. All right, so what do you think? I have my thoughts on the song. Let's hear yours first, though. 
on this this verse. I mean, I want to. I want to hear Jeff's on this verse. <laughs> I have street cred. I have to foster here when it comes to lyrics. Um, you write a lot of them, right? I agree with you. Oh, we're we're gonna destroy street cred in a little bit because I do have an actual quote from Ed about what the song is. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I tried to find one so hard. I tried so hard to find one, so I'm glad you did. <laughs> oh, I don't feel like I have one of my Disney or Manhorn mic drops on this one. Uh, I'm going to try, though. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, no, I, I, first of all, I, I agree with Eric. I think it's allegory, because it's too, it's too outlandish not to be allegory, and for it not to go with the first verse. It's not just about an animal. I don't think it's about, it's about a dog anyway, because the last line of the verse... Right makes it a cat and stop meowing. So it's not even, it's not even a dog he's referencing. It's everything that changes everything. <laughs> even though in the chorus, he does return to the dog imagery, man's best friend wags his tail and bears his teeth. The man with the mail, though he's frightened of thunder. He never goes to war. Um, I do feel like there's still an allegory here about someone, you know, ready to fight, uh, someone ready to, uh, lose it. Um, your instincts, your canines, because I kicked you. Um, there could be a tie into the first verse. So he's talking to a racist or someone with ide- ideolo- ideologies that you know he doesn't agree with. Um, now the instinct is the fight back, the kick. Um, so where we started? Why is he kicking cats though? Well, I don't think he is a cat. I think I think it's uh, just the the instinct, the cats in a bag kind of thing. Okay. And so I do think this is tying into okay, what started as an innocent ideology with some people to the Civil War, for example. You have two varying ideologies, people going back and forth, um, and now that bickering, that fighting, and and that constant leads to something bigger, and that's why it ends on the line with war. So I do think it ties into the first verse in some way. How do I make that all make sense with what he says? That's where I'm kind of stuck. But I, I, I still feel like this is a buildup with the whole thing. Like it's about people with varying opinions and how that can build and grow. And, and you know, um, you know, we're having a debate. So we're having uh, the, the whole Facebook thing. If someone says something on Facebook I don't like, I'm going to correct them. Or not, I don't know, that's, that came out wrong. I'm not going to correct you. I'm going to offer facts. I'm going to offer data. <laughs> And then I quickly learned that I'm gonna then, I'm, then I quickly learned that people don't like facts and data, and they want to tell me how wrong I am. And then they're going to I'm going to say, "Well, show me your data." And then they're not going to, and they're going to tell me something else wrong. I said, and next thing you know, what kind of a little back and forth becomes just a full blown, you know, um, you suck. No, you suck. You suck. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's exactly. There's no. There's no more. There's no more rationality in it. It's just people going back and forth, not even listening to what other people are saying. And I'm going to ask you questions that you can't answer. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It very is very relevant today. I was listening to this song and I was like, "Wow, it's amazing how how this is so relevant." <laughs> right, <laughs> Eric. What were your thoughts on the second? Yes, Eric. Uh, Save my bacon. Of course, I go a different way as I usually do. Um, I think that this takes a a split off of that first verse, and we're into an entirely new topic of social. Um, issues as it were i think it's dealing with the societal norms and pressures that we place on people and expectations that are placed on people so i if i start from the back of the verse and move forwards stop meowing okay it's a cat i'm calling it a dog you know and i'm telling you to be something you're not 
I don't want you to be you. I want you to be what I want you to be. And that says in the cat dog allegory, if I'm saying I want you to be a dog, that means go on the papers, fetch me my slippers, do what a dog should do. Don't do what you want to do, even though you're a cat. Don't be a cat, be a dog. Oh. And so I know why you bite me. It's because of your canines and your instincts and because I kicked you is more society beating people down and Mm. um, forcing their opinions on others. The kicking you is, um, I was kind of most, I guess, I was most looking at this from a, uh, you know, when you look at gender norms and stuff, if someone's being told they have to be a certain way to be something and every time they're told they're not, you know, you're not being a man. You're not, you're not tough enough. You're not being a man. Don't do this. You're, you know, you're kicking them. You're kicking them when they're down. So it's a, it's a what a good boy kind of situation. Yeah, which I actually read an entirely different article that had nothing to do with this song. They were talking about what a good boy, and they were talking about how it re- can relate to um, the trans community. Actually, and uh, this particular mm. person was saying it's a you know it's almost a trans can can be a I I I can't say it is, but the art the person on the article said it could be kind of like a trans anthem sort of thing. The what a good boy, hmm. and I'm like right. well, maybe they're taking that sort of. Uh, look at this sort of thing as well and you know the society's placing norms on all of these people who not of whatever issue whether it's gender issue or whether it's you know age issue you know you're you know act your age do this do that don't basically somebody being told and being forced into a box that they don't fit into Um. is what I look at this entire verses and the second verse kind of falls off the rails for me a little bit because I think it takes a little bit of a turn. Man's best friend wakes his tail, but it's the teeth of the man of the male. These are things that, you know, he's dog's got his problems and all that. Though he's frightened of thunder, you know, scared. That's, that's not a worthy um, quality to have. It's nothing to be scared of with thunder, but hey, they never go to war. So that, and I think it's saying that, like, if we're so much better than dogs and yet we're I think this actually does go into the, the reference to a dog. You know, dogs have these lesser qualities that, like, you know, they're scared of the mailman, scared of thunder. You know, they're just happy-go-lucky creatures otherwise, but they do this. But if we're so much better, you know, we're always out there fighting and causing problems causing amongst ourselves, and we can't even get along. So it takes a little bit of a break. Yeah. No, that's that's the take I had on it, too. Yay. I'm not alone. <laughs> I can't I can't expand on that because that's exactly like pretty close to the words I had written down. Sorry if I stole any of your thunder. <laughs> no, no, he's not afraid of thunder. I, I, oh, okay. No, I'm not afraid of thunder at all. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> well, that brings us now to the bridge. <laughs> so, <laughs> and once again, I think this is a Stephen bridge. I think. I oh think yeah. As, as Steven said during the interview, usually one would write the verses, one would write the bridge. I think these are Ed verses, and this is a Steven bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't hold any punches. And <laughs> and I think he's staying on a very similar path to the rest of the song, but he's just becoming much more confrontational with the way he's going to go right out there and do it. Um so let's talk about it a little bit. What are you guys thinking about this bridge? 
I, I went first on one of them. Jeff went first on the other, isn't it, Tracy? <laughs> yeah, turn? I think it's Tracy's turn. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I think that honestly, this is Stephen beginning to talk a little bit about religion. I agree. I think this is him. Um, you know, circumstances of circumcision. Um, who's you know what goes in my daughter's pants? That's whose decision. That once again, that's a religious thing that that religions get into a yeah, lot. They're all um, references to yeah. relations, kind of going back to the first verse. See the see through slacks. I think is just kind of a throwaway line. I couldn't find anything connecting in with that specifically, or remember anything about that period of time. But um, unless you're talking about the 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 hole in the butt jeans like George Michael wore, um, <laughs> cyber masturbation though, like, and this is this is early on. 1996 is when these when cyber was just becoming big like it was just starting to blow up um so for him to mention that is pretty amazing to put out there um but then he finishes it off with the thing that i really think seals it for the religion which is the 100 monkeys reference that most people say 100 monkeys you put a monkey 100 monkeys in a room forever they could write Shakespeare eventually Shakespeare Instead, right make it into a religion thing and use a actual sample of Robert Tilton saying and I will put the quote in right here you have faith you just need to use it saith the Lord this whole song is about religion isn't it I think it's an attack no just the second half I know I think it's the whole thing actually um I'm changing my views on this I think this is kind of an attack on fundamentalist and uh like televangelist, televangelism, and the theory that religion should control people and not build people. So the idea that I'm telling you how to live your life, you need to live it. Everything in the bridge is referenced in a Bible in some way, and usually a sin. Circumcision, it was mandatory. Um, what goes in my daughter's pants is a huge decision. It comes from a verse in the Bible where a father would actually hold up, and I don't want to go into the details. If, if you know it, you know it, would actually hold up bed sheets. Um, of his daughter to determine her uh, to show that she's eligible for hmm. suitors. Um, <clears throat> interrace relations are actually forbidden in the Bible. Interrace relations was very big in the Bible. Masturbation allegedly is forbidden in the Bible. The sin of Odin, um, which is Odin. a stretch, but uh, it. Um, Odin. Odin. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. Not Odin. That's a different religion. <laughs> even though, they, even though that's you know interpretive uh, that, that that's actually what he was doing wrong which is a lot but um if 100 monkeys could get their own show so if 100 uh monkeys well, could in the see-through slacks before you get there the see-through slacks then would also go back to the leviticus right yes because it would be made right. of t- two different mm-hmm. fabrics being put together and leviticus says you cannot right. wear polyblend fabric and i almost feel like the monkeys is an attack like you get 100 basically essentially mindless beings or uh lower forms in the evolutionary chain eventually one of them will rise up and be able to preach to you preach nonsense essentially i'm an, i'm an wow. opinion but this is like they would it be able to sit and get up and tell you um this and that's why i'm now thinking back to some of it because a lot of people support their racism with the bible uh slavery is allowed in the bible so that's what people go back to so um you know, I, I, I kind of feel like this is a re- this is a religious uh, look at fundamentalism and the idea that people can be controlled or uh, and then going back to, well, going back to what he, Eric said, being told this is how you should be. This is how you should talk. Um, this is how what you should say. This is how you should live. 
um, and doing anything else, even if it doesn't necessarily make sense, you know, is wrong. And we know that BNL is very deliberate with what they do. So they used Robert Tilton for a right. Robert Tilton was the former pastor of the word and of faith family church, but he then became the person that led the success in life TV show, um, which was an infomercial style religious television program. And it was probably the most widely known at that time. Um, it aired on 235 American markets daily at that point. So it brought in nearly $80 million a year. It was the fastest growing television ministry in America. He, they were specific to pick this gentleman. Here is someone who is hypocritical. And then he was soon after actually begun to be investigated for his fundraising practices. So <laughs> it's interesting that they choose this gentleman. I don't know how many people listening are religious. I don't want to offend anyone. I'm straight up not. But right. so I look at this from a very much mm -hmm. different point of view as some people might. But I generally dislike religions and church and all that sort of thing. I don't like what a lot of them try to do. I recognize that there's a lot of good that they can do, but that's another story for another time. And I think this sums up a lot of my feelings perfectly well, because it comes to this verse being morality behind religion, because mm -hmm. um, I think the see through slacks may just be the, the, a reference to that era when a lot of clothing options were starting to become more, um, what would you say? More uh, revealing scantily clad you know whatever that sort of thing yeah following up with a lot of questionable stuff from the 80s as well that i think it, it, it this whole verse just goes down to morality that a religion expects or dictates and yes i i think you're right about the attack of you know the monkeys being attacked because yeah it's the age-old thing of infinite number of monkeys but i think this is definitely the start of the <laughs> religious aspect i like your mm -hmm. tie into the previous verses though i'd never made that that actual tie-in that they could all be connected but i actually really like that astute observation jeff thank you <laughs> but i'm i and i was trying to dance around it too because i'm kind of with you and i've had arguments with these people and i'm not i don't want to offend anybody because i'm a big believer in 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 life is you do what works for you as long as you're not hurting somebody and um one of my biggest discussions i get with people is that you have to have religion to be moral and it really bothers me. And, uh, you know, the idea that you have, if you do this, it's wrong. If, if that behavior is not hurting anybody, or if you're saying a certain thing and it's not hurting anybody. And the more we kind of look at this, I'm kind of seeing that seems to be where they're going with the song that um, it's an attack on, you know, you have to live your life this way because that, that shiny man in his fancy suit and his, uh, uh, it's a Frank Zappa song. Frank Zappa actually did a song that actually went into a lot of this too called dumb all, dumb all over and uh um, i'm kind of hearing some tinges of that in, in this bridge especially well and there's some hypocrisy in the first two verses i mean if you're looking at people who are nazis and who are racist <laughs> the majority of them 
um, profound, you know, prof- profess themselves to be Christian. Um, and I think that they are in some ways not coming directly out and saying that it's hypocritical, but at the same time saying that how hypocritical mm-hmm. these, these beliefs are in comparison to what they supposedly are being taught. And, and we know that Stephen grew up in a mixed religion home of, you know, one parent was Jewish, the other parent was uh, Christian. And, I th- you know, he was, he was exploring and questioning, and as we all do at this age, like this is the exact age where we question and and explore and decide what we are going to come to, to believe. Right. And I think that's there, that this is Ed and Steve's way of doing that. And I love the biting feeling of that bridge. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's, right. it's fairly basic and it's not outright attacks, but you can just hear it, that it's just biting at like that. These And for a long time, I <laughs> thought that the daughter's pants line special was problematic. Cause you hear that line. And, and I think for most people are going to be like, what, what he just said, what, but <laughs> in the sense that, because I felt the same way when I read that passage in the Bible, because it's a pretty nasty passage, I'm not going to lie. And I feel like he is referencing specific Old Testament uh, verses here and kind of shining a light on them and saying, you know, this is what you're teaching. This You're, you're telling us that, hopefully I'm not going to alienate anybody, but, you know, to this day and age, there's still people in this country that believe being gay is a sin and gay people shouldn't get married. Mm-hmm. That's immoral. I have friends. And, um, <clears throat> And I guess my, why? (laughs) Like, why is that immoral? I have friends who happen to be gay and were pushed out of their families. Mm -hmm. Right. (sighs) Because. And had to, and to the point where they also had to take a break from their religion because they felt like their religion did not protect Mm -hmm. them or agree with them or suddenly that they, suddenly after they've realized who they are, that they don't fit. Right. In their religion and it doesn't fit with them because it tells them that their whole life is wrong right yeah a lot of the hatred in in society is spawned religiously racism Mm -hmm. can be justified through religion um homophobia can be justified sexism can be justified through uh the bible or religion interestingly enough i came back to this friend one time and i i i said because they they had gone back to you know their whichever denominational beliefs that they were a part of i don't I don't even profess to claim to know who's a part of what because I'm not a part of any of them and I never have been, so I don't know the differences. But they went back to their denomination and their original church. And I said, so how's that working for you? Like, I, I know how much of a problem that was. How's that working for you? And they said, God, and I have an understanding. Like, <laughs> whatever, whatever if, if you can still, you know, stomach it and feel like you're a part yeah. of the community, then go for it. And I think that's the biggest thing is just being respectful of other people's beliefs and religious and spiritual understandings. And yeah, we are all different. We all have our different ways of approaching like what happens to us later on and what's right and wrong in this Mm -hmm. world and just not in, you know, forcing others to then have to believe what we necessarily believe. Like it's like the whole conversation. People are like, well, you have to have religion to be moral, you know, look at the 10 commandments. I'm like, one of the commandments is, don't kill people. My six-year-old knows that. You know, I, <laughs> I think we know. I think we know that. I think we, you know, don't cheat on your wife. That just feels wrong anyway. You know, like I don't think you need someone telling you don't do that. <laughs> I, I had a fun conversation with a coworker who was very fundamentalist. In, I think he might have been an SDA. I'm not sure. The Seventh Day Adventist. Yeah. He might have been. I'm not sure, but he basically said to my face that there is nothing stopping me 
from killing people because right. yeah. I'm not because I don't mm-hmm. you know subscribe to any belief in any god or anything. And I said, no, there's a there's a lot that's stopping me from the law. The, I mean, the, the law punishment. I mean, my own immorals. The law is not even the big one. I feel like I wouldn't feel good. <laughs> Yeah. It would really mess up my Netflix binge watching for the day, honestly. It's come on. <laughs> I, I think it would I think it would ruin my appetite. Right, yeah. <laughs> I like my I, I, there's a lot of reasons that I don't right. commit murders. <laughs> None of them have anything to do with God. <laughs> you are so woke, man. <laughs> And I think one of the most important things that kind of is there that is that I know people that follow the Ten Commandments a lot more, to use a not better word, religiously, than people who are religious. Right. And, you know, that supposedly know these morals but don't follow them. It's funny. I think the Ten Commandments, I could not list them all before. I've seen them all. could not list them all. I think they can all be summed up by the golden rule, though. Pretty much, yeah. Yes. Treat others how you want to be treated. Do unto others. <laughs> be nice. Yeah. Be kind Lord. to people. I read once. Um, this was during my. Uh, I was at. I went through a blatant atheism and humanistic phase, and uh, there was uh, an agnostic writer. I think it was or a humanist, but um, who actually did write a really good piece about the Ten Commandments. But one of the things she said is, it, and I do agree with it to this day. Uh, you could give a group of 11-year-olds a piece of paper and a pencil and say, write 10 rules that people should follow, and they would come up with a better list than the Ten Commandments. They might overlap some of the things. I bet they would probably, uh, they'd probably say that. They might, they might overlap. Yeah, don't kill people. Yeah. Don't kill people. They would probably say don't steal, which is not in there. Is it? No, it is. Well, yeah, that's not steal. You're right. The, don't break my brother's PlayStation. It's not in there. Yeah, that's not steal. You're right. Don't lie. Don't lie. Uh, right. Thou shalt not, well, yeah, not bear false witness, but honor the Sabbath, though. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I can think of three that would come off the list immediately because people wouldn't naturally think about because they are very specific to... Do we need to, do we need the coveting one still? Are we so, okay? Just... Really, everybody... Covet. It's hard not to covet. I mean, I... What is, what is it actually? Your, your neighbor's ass? Your neighbor's donkey? Is that what it is? Or is it your neighbor's wife? <laughs> Thou shalt not your your neighbor's wife. No, thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's wife. property, and thou shalt not cover thy, thy neighbor's oh. wife. So they're they're two they're two separate they're two separate ones. Yeah, property property is the one I was going for. So so his wife and his Mustang don't don't want them. And I I understand that that's saying I was thinking the property one because I thought it was a donkey, but again I don't know them off the top of my head. And I was thinking like that's thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's ass. That's, that sounds different when you say it. <laughs> I still don't see a problem with it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I I think that that one's an all right to thing to have. Yeah. I mean, maybe not on the wife side because I don't. I don't like the idea of adultery. But your your neighbor's stuff. Yeah, covet it all you want. Don't yeah. steal. Right. Don't covet it all. Which is already covered. covered. We covered that in the previous uh, commandment, so we're good. How are you going to keep up with the Joneses if you don't right. covet their stuff? Well, and we. I think the most important thing is you can have thoughts. You can have feelings don't necessarily need to act on them. But I think that's... You can look, but don't touch. (laughs) Basically, yeah. I mean, that's... Have I thought before, like, people think, oh, I just could kill. But 
don't well i do think it. that's one of my problems with religion if we're way off the rails now is the fact that that's part of a moral code is don't think these things don't feel these things but we know from biology and genealogy that human beings are naturally instinctive we follow certain things like you know certain patterns and all that and to say to people that that's also immoral the fact that you even had that thought today you are a bad person. Like I, that's not. I don't think that's a lesson we should, you know, teach modern people. I'm trying really hard to keep this light in B and L and not go where this conversation <laughs> wants to go. Um, but yeah. some of their light songs are remarkably not light. Well, that brings us back to our next verse. What's Billy Joel's line? I'd rather laugh with the sinners than die. I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. Yeah. Oh, cry? Yeah, cry with the saints. Sinners are much more fun. Well, that brings us back to the third verse. Oh, dear God. (laughs) No, not God. Jesus. (laughs) Sorry. But his real name is Jack. Is he the man with the beard? Is is God the man with the beard in the references? Oh, Oh, sorry. Eric would like to talk. Yeah, Eric would like to say something. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I just want to jump back a verse. I just I, oh, uh, sure. in, into the uh, frightened of thunder never goes to war. Should we make the connection that a whole lot of wars have been started? Uh, the Crusades. By yes. <laughs> yeah. Should we just mention that? Can we know. can we throw that out there? The Crusades, for example. <laughs> not all. Not all wars. No. Our religious affairs. But no. Let's say. Some of them. But I still feel like you can make a case that a lot of wars were started because of ideologies that were yeah, born. Yes. Again, the Civil War, uh, you know, so this, slavery. This goes on to tying, like Jeff said, goes on to tying other stuff in other verses. It all ties in. It really mm-hmm. does. Okay, Tracy. Yeah. I'm done with Sorry. Back. That's we okay. can come forwards. Jeff said, oh, God. And so I said, no, no, it's about it's Jesus. About Jesus. <laughs> it's right there in the words. So um, we've been saying... Let's we've... just say your dad. <laughs> I love that he brings back, I have a match again. He does bring back, like, yes, oh, he does bring back, I have we'll a match come again. back to this. Yeah. <laughs> your dad, my dad has your picture right next to your mother's and one of Charo's. Why does his dad have a picture of his dad, of their dad and mother? Someone else's mother... And Charo. And Charo. And why? And why Charo? If, Let's. <laughs> well, we're, say, we're saying. So it's gonna. I think he's referring to Jesus here. Like yes, this, he's talking yeah. as if well, because and because you're Jesus. Charo. Charo was Jesus. <laughs> Is that true? Possibly. No, he's talking. To <laughs> yeah. Jesus. No, he, sa- he says. I know why I like you. Charo was the second coming. Chica, chica. <laughs> so I have a match. Your dad, God. Yeah, it's, it's, I know why I like you, because you are Jesus, so I have a match right. you, yes. Jesus, yes. your dad, right. dad. Mm-hmm. my dad has your picture, my dad has a picture of Jesus next to your mother, Mary, right? Mm-hmm. And one of Charo. That, that Mary is Jesus' mother. Right? What happened to that not coveting thing? <laughs> well, Charo's not even coveting, I think that goes back to the morality, I'm not sure, I, I did a quick Google on Charo famous spanish charo was a sex symbol of like the 70s and 80s i okay i was gonna say is she because i knew she was a famous guitar player trivia what did she want to be before when she was a sex symbol Uh, a pretty little princess a nun oh a nun she was roman catholic she was going to be a nun really and then became a sex symbol so this ties in religion again yep (laughs) 
And BNL is very knowledgeable. That oh, would not be uh-huh. surprising that they would do something like that. Not only are they knowledgeable, they are beyond knowledgeable when it comes to pop right. culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pop culture is their jam. So that's probably purposeful. Yeah, the fact that she was going to be a nun because of those prior held beliefs that you should live this way and then became famous and successful being essentially a sex symbol. Yeah. Doing things that were not harmful to people. And I think that that goes back to the hypocrisy and morality that we were discussing in the previous one because my dad's got a picture of, you know, uh, your dad. My dad has your picture. Oh, yeah, picture of you. So my dad's got a picture of Jesus, a picture of Mary. In, a full nightstand. Let's say in his workshop, garage, shed, man cave, whatever. He's got these pictures because he's a devoutly religious man. And so he has the pictures of Jesus and, his, uh-huh. and Mother Mary because that's what you do when you have these. But it's his workshop. He's got those sex symbol pictures, the Playboy pictures, you know, has no issue. Right next to Charo. Has no issue because I'm. Well, he's a real man. He likes these. You know. Going back to a previous statement, because humans have urges that are stifled by, you know, biblical and religious thinking, right? Mm-hmm. But your dad is still... And then, then comes that statement that follows it up with, they hold hands up in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're you're making these ethical decisions, you're making, the, making these moral statements about what people should and shouldn't do with your life. These people up are in heaven. You're going to have to clarify on that one, because that is the only line in the song that since... I have been listening to it. I have never, I have never made a connection. I don't see any meaning in it. It's the la- it's the last two that throw me off. Your so you gotta go back to the previous line. Your dad and Charo. You're gonna have to keep expanding. The match of well, don't don't explain that one for me. Yeah, no, I I always love that line though. The uh, the sandals in your supper, and I, I I think of it as like almost a superficial. Why do you like Jesus? <laughs> because he's jesus or is it superficial is it is it you know you're told to so it could right. for all it could be you know you could just like him because of his sandals and his supper why not <laughs> but for for the all the devout people of i'm just gonna stick with well, the christianity it... thing here for all the devout people of christianity and how many people are so unchristian within the christian faith and it's like is is the is the liking jesus why is it? Is it just because they're told to? Is it so superficial? Right, right. And well, that's what it's coming back to is like, why do we like people? Why do we do? Why do we have these reactions? Why do we treat people the way that we do? And it's really kind of questioning society as a whole, as you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just waiting because I want to give. I know, and I don't. I I want to hear it, but I don't want to <laughs> rush you into it because I am waiting for Jeff to come back. So yeah, so they hold hands up in heaven. So once again, we know we're ta- he's talking directly to Jesus in this st- song, right. at this in this verse. So obviously not in the previous ones about being racist, because <laughs> I don't ever heard never heard anyone say that Jesus was racist. Um, but in this verse, he's talking to Jesus, and so we have to go with the they. Obviously, can't be has to be someone other than Jesus. So if we look back in the in the verse. We've got your dad, my dad. Your mother and Charo. I think what we're looking at is because he goes with the match. So your dad, and I think at the end would be either your mother or Charo. And I want to say he's going with Charo because he's trying to give the morality statement here of 
God is holding hands with Charo up in heaven. But the interesting line is next. They said, and they say their son's name is Kevin. So now either God and Mary are having another child named Kevin or Jack, or Charo and God are having another child named Jack. (laughs) But I think he's just trying to put this thing in there of like your sense of morality of what is right and wrong. You don't have the right to tell me that. It is up in the air. It is none of us know for certain. I heard this was said. Like, this is what I heard. So how do you know what you said was right or what I said was right? That's how I've always been. Just wondering, though, because something is, you know, B&L is so specific in what they choose to say. I mean, there's when their lyrics are on point, there's there's a reason for everything they say. And I'm just wondering, and I, and I actually tried to do a quick Google and nothing came up. But I read in a book somewhere that his name is Jack. Like, is that a reference to something specific? I feel like it is. I always feel like Ed or Steve, well, Ed being the singer, is referencing something specific with this. And I tried Googling it. I tried Googling, they hold hands up in heaven, say the son's name is Kevin. Nothing useful is returned. (laughs) Right. And I don't know any biblical phrases or passages no, or anything no. well enough that I could even remotely There's no it. Kevin in the Bible that I'm aware of, or Jack, I don't think. Well, there, I was going to say, there's no Kevin, there's no Jack, and anyone who does do any references to who Joseph and Mary's other sons were, we always come James, back to yeah, James. The brother, the brother James of Jesus, yeah, right. Is the son of Je- or the brother of Jesus. And James is not another nickname, or Jack is not a nickname for James. So... Mm, I've never heard of Jim. I've never heard Jim, Jack. Right. Jack, I've heard a number other stuff. But so yeah, I I think that this is them making a very. I think that they're throwing names like Jack and Kevin out there because they're saying, like these are names that aren't in the Bible. These are names that aren't recognized. I'm throwing them out there. This is what I've heard. How is what you've heard different than why? Why is yours right and mine wrong? Right. But we don't know unless we ask Ed. Yeah. So Ed, He's coming on the show soon, right? We yeah, we're back to we're back to this. Yes, Ed. Ed, I'd like to welcome Ed. <laughs> we would love to welcome to the show Mr. a special Ed guest. <laughs> we made He's him not here, but we would love to do that. We made him wait two days and an hour of conversation before we brought him out because that's how we roll. But yeah. we let him we let him listen uh, to us ramble for an hour, and <laughs> and then and then he'll come on and tell us exactly what the song is about. <laughs> So Ed, Jack, 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 Jack is a reference to Jack Spratt, and then he'll leave. That'll be it. <laughs> he could eat no fat. Uh, Ed did say on an old BNL blog in a in a question and answer section. Oh, you wait! You waited for this. He told us at the beginning that he had this. He did answer. What is this song about? His response was this, and I, I found this on. Did he help? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is referenced from Get Bare Naked from their their newsletter, the Bare Naked News. Um, it's about autoerotic asphyxiation, which they pulled from. That's the- another <laughs> song. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, that was last week's. That oh, was- sorry. Cut. <laughs> cut. Oh, no, that's coming up. Cut. <laughs> we recorded that one already, but it's coming up. What he said was, if I was a pot smoker, I could say I was totally high when I wrote that song. Unfortunately, I was just totally out to lunch. It's a kind of stream of consciousness thing. 
I could attribute meaning to snippets of it, but it would be via hindsight. I just kind of let that one happen. I love the bridge. I wrote one more note today on here. Stream of conscious right there. Look at that. Ta-da! <laughs> I still don't... Which you brought up earlier, and I was like, yes, he's got it. It does. Yeah, this mo- this song does, means right? nothing. <laughs> My teenage self was right. But see, they might be giants say that all the time, though, and I, and I don't believe them when they say it either. I, I sometimes feel like musicians play with us. Well, the um, Beatles did say the walrus is nothing. Yeah, right. Like, I, there's always this part of me that kind of feels like there is a little bit of a playfulness there. Like, yeah, it is, but that's not what we're going to tell you. Because I think, I think too, when you write a song like this or like Particle Man um, for They Might Be Giants or Walrus for Beatles... And people start going, I think it's about this. I think it's about this. You don't want to be the band that says, no, 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 no. It's specifically about this. You kind of like that fact. So I think, you know, there's a little bit of that going on there. Well, I think it could be both. I think think that what we talked about tonight could be correct. But it was stream of consciousness. It was like, we have this generalized theme of what we want to say. And then Ed just kind of like spit out whatever was kind of coming to his mind at that time. And this is what came out. It's really interesting that a stream of consciousness song can be fairly confidently linked to one topic across three subtopics. Yeah, human. And everybody can be very sure that, yeah, yeah, this must mean that. I mean, that's also human nature. When you sit down to write a song or do any kind of work, there's obviously something in your head that day anyway. So your stream of consciousness is still going to follow that maybe subconscious guideline and, you know, stick to it. So maybe, you know, a stream of conscious could be earlier that day. I was having that conversation about religion and then I did this stream of conscious song, you know, I'm really trying to defend my religion thing now. (laughs) Well, like what we have with one week Ed had his idea, his thoughts of what he wanted to the song to be about. And then just wrote the first words that came to his mind for the rap. I would say that this is much better put together and makes much more sense than one week um <laughs> whoa dude easy we still have a year <laughs> don't start that conversation I'll now that I'll don't start that, that card <laughs> wow yeah. don't put your don't put your cards on the table yet i i guess it could as listeners you know uh, be a, a part partition of kind of the human nature, like you were saying, but we've got this nature of seeing things when there right. aren't things because we have to, and we have to make sense of stuff. So, you know, you see a cloud and you see a duck, right. you see a cloud and you see a dragon. I see Hitler. You, you look for things and things <laughs> that there is nothing. Why? <laughs> so let's talk about how much we like this song. Unfortunately, we have two people that are not here with us tonight. To give us their ratings. So first we'll have Aaron give his thoughts. I am not quite sure what to make of the lyrics. Obviously there may be some kind of social commentary going on here. But it shifts rapidly from racism and prejudice to abuse to religion. And not enough is said about any one thing for me to divine anything in particular from the lyrics. Other than a general feeling of irreverence. As I said, I like it a lot. Even though I don't... I like it a lot, even. Oh, whoops. As I said, I like it. A lot, even. I don't think I love it, as so I can't rate it in the fours. But if a 2.5 is average, it is certainly much better than that. 
I'm going to award I know 3.45 cat dogs out of 5. Thank you, Aaron. And one of my best friends from a long way back, he knows why I like him, but he doesn't wag his tail because his name is Stefan. Stefan, what are your thoughts? Dear God, I want to hear what Stefan said about the song. So, Stefan, unfortunately, we have to record on a on an unusual night, and it's a night that you unfortunately aren't able to join us this week. But I did want your input, so please tell us what you think about the song I Know. I want what? to know what your thoughts are. <laughs> Well, I I know that there isn't every song is going to strike my fancy, and this happens to be one of them. Uh, for this podcast, I listened to the song all the way through. Normally, I would not have. <laughs> Just uh, to be honest with you guys, I'm not a big fan of chaotic, kind of weird songs. And this, this is definitely, definitely that. It, it, yeah, I, I didn't like it, you know. I think that there's some songs that bands create and it's like some are wins, some are losses, but not all of them deserve to be on an album. And I think this one is one of those that do not belong on an album. I think they uh, <laughs> should have, you know, just waited, spent a little bit more time, came up with something a little bit better <laughs> before they put it on there. So what was so, it you didn't like about this song? Well, I, it was just, it was all over the place. And I was trying to listen to the lyrics, and it seems like the lyrics were just all over the place. <laughs> I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't get it. Um, so, not only was the music just up, down, off the wall, it started off with just something weird, uh, just lyrics and singing um that were uh just um th there was no musical intro it really it just got right into the song which i kind of like it when songs kind of get into it i also like it when there's uh a lead up into what is going to be spoken about or sung about and this didn't have it and <laughs> it's like all over the place I, I mean i'm looking at the lyrics right now and just reading the lyrics I'm so confused. I am so confused. I I don't know how to understand this. I don't have a decoder ring. Um, I don't have a Ouija board. I, I don't have heavy drugs. I, I don't have any of those things that would help me understand what this song is about or, or anything. Basically, this is what Ed's brain looks like. Okay, well, to quote a part of it, if a hundred monkeys could get their own show. Um, that <laughs> he would write this song. Exactly. So, and um, it's too bad he really discredited pot smokers because I don't think that they could come up with any of this crazy. Uh, this is just beyond, beyond crazy. This is more like LSD kind of-ish crazy. Yeah, smoking Agent Orange. So, um, <laughs> so zero to five. What do you give this song then? Wow. Um, to be honest with you, I hated it. So, <laughs> I, I, there, there. I can't even say anything that I like about it. I mean, the the this, the music is average. Um, it's off the wall is crazy. I'm surprised that you got the other band members to even play this song. 
So I would rank it the lowest I've ever ranked it. And it's out of five. So I would say a 0.5 for this song. That is the worst I've ever ranked anything in my life. In fact, I think that's I almost, even lower than, than the one that we had for Christmas that, that you went over. Yeah. I mean, at least that was kind of fun. And that was Bare Naked Ladies live in a way. It was goofy. It wasn't really a song. But this one is a song. And there's what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven... Oh, stanzas, I guess you would say. And um, <laughs> best way to put it. Yeah, it's, it's all speaking in tongues. So, yes, point 0.5. I, I'm sticking to it. You like, I don't like better than this song. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, nice. I know a few things, but I know I don't like this song. Um, and yep, that's 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 my vote for it. Oh my! All right, God. I'm interested to see what Aaron says about the drums because I I love the tone of Tyler's drums in this, and I'm not sure if they switch throughout or, but mm. they're they're very garage bandy. They're very industrial sounding to me, and sometimes almost not sounding like steel drums, but they sound different when it mm. runs into that low rider bridge section. I just love the differences in Tyler's drums there. Yeah, no. The, now that you say that, yeah, there is a difference between the drums and the verse versus. Well, and the, it goes, and it gets really dissonant on Jack. Like when he go when he first says the word Jack, I just love the way that. Yeah. Yeah, they all start just wailing at that point. But he says his name is yeah. Jack. It's like yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. It's that B and L sound, if you will. And they repeat the word over and over again. Jack. You didn't hear it? Let me do it again. Jack. Yeah. Yeah. For a long so, time. Jeff, what's our rating system for this week? Let's do an animation shout shout out on this or a callback, if you will, since uh, there's a debate over what animal is being referenced. We're gonna say this is on a scale of zero to five cat dogs. <laughs> I knew where you were going before you finished. It's a good one. I've learned nice. from I've learned from you, Tracy. I've learned to wind <laughs> the point there. Nice. <laughs> well, I haven't I haven't been on a podcast with Eric yet today at this point, and I know he's been on before me, so I'm I'm gonna say let's go with Eric first on this one. Oh, okay. I've been struggling with this one. I, I like this song. I don't know if that's been apparent, but I do like the song. I've enjoyed it since I first heard it. I used to enjoy the silly nonsensicalness of it and then i enjoyed it for its mm-hmm. deeper non-existent meanings i thought it had but I, I do enjoy it i've been struggling with where to put it because i don't often seek it out but i will never skip it once in a while i seek it out i didn't want to put it up into the fours because i've got far more songs that fit in that region so i figured i'm just going to put it at a 3.8 right. 3.8 cat dogs uh, <laughs> cat dogs out of out of five. Uh, them, I um, I'm actually uh, in the same boat as Eric on this one. This one's always been a tricky one for me because I, I uh, for a long time thought it really meant nothing, and a lot of the dissonance and the ideas uh, did kind of bother me. And 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 Pirate Ship has always been a tricky album for me uh, as far as uh, um, it's it's very self-polarizing there's stuff i really like on pirate ship and there's stuff i don't like on pirate ship um 
So this one was always tricky. As we were talking about it, and I started to do those connections, as I do, as we talk for an hour, I was like, oh, this is really cool. I bet this is what this means. And I started to really like the song, and then you told me that it means nothing. <laughs> and he doesn't like it anymore. There's there's an analogy that I can make, and I'm not going to, about what just happened there. Like, I was really building to a climax, and Tracy left me hanging. So, um... <laughs> It would be a but that's it. I I can't go in full range. I you know there's it's not one of those. If it comes on, if I'm listening to Pirate Ship, for example, which I do do uh, on car rides, if it comes on, I do do. <laughs> I I will I will play it through. <laughs> This is always the point where things break down. So it's it's perfect. It's perfectly normal. We, we had trees. It'd be worse yeah. if Stefan were. So yeah, I won't go into the full range on this one. Uh, there's fun stuff in here. I love the bridge. I think the bridge sounds a lot of fun regardless of what it means. So I'm going to give it a hearty 3.5 cat dogs. All right. I love the music, but I have to have a trouble with Tracy. Yes, you do. And um, what's the trouble with Tracy? He's got problems with this song. What's the trouble with Tracy? <laughs> oh, we are you, totally using you that. Don't even, yeah, I was going to say, you don't even have to play the clip this time. That was, <laughs> no, that's amazing. That's great. <laughs> since several episodes ago, you said you needed yep. a theme. I've right, been right. On that is great. We are using that if you are okay with that. That is wonderful. Perfect. Yeah. All right. I've been working on it for weeks. <laughs> I keep changing it, tweaking it. <laughs> It takes a lot of effort to make a little jingle. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, when you're not a music writer. <laughs> <laughs> so my problem, my trouble with this song is not understanding it has always made me struggle with this song. I, I really you don't know. have enjoyed our discussion tonight. Um, now I've learned that it's Ed just doing Ed things and there's no definitive meaning. And now that I know this, I'm not sure I could ever unlearn it. And I have to live with it every day. By the way, that's next week's song. I knew you wanted to tie your rating into your pun. Wow. I figured I'd throw that in early, by the way. Yeah. Okay. I had to get it in there early. Yeah. I I still feel... I don't think he can live with that, though. I think we're still going to get a long pun at the end. I don't think he's going to... He's not... <laughs> that's not... That, that, no, that was that was my okay, point. All right, that all was, right. That, that was the one. Because um, I, I got all three songs in. I have learned. I know. I live with it every day. I'm good with that. Um, I don't know if it makes the song any better, but I'm not going to change this song when it comes on anymore. I really do enjoy this song, unless the kids are in the car, and then it totally gets changed. You don't want them to repeat um, masturbation? So... Do you change the song when the kids are in the car when In the Car comes on? I, that's, that's that's a song that gets flipped every time, yeah. I'm, as soon as I hear it, I'm like, nope, I know where this is going. <laughs> um, that one and last, and, and I give, uh, uh, well. we'll yeah, I was going to say, the, the next song. week's song is also one you skip. <laughs> that one, I, that might also get the, the flip, even though I love it. But I also won't sync the song out. So because I won't sync it out, it doesn't reach four. So I'm going to give this the strongest three I can. I'm going to give it a 3.99. Oh, wow. Excellent. You doubled your digit after the decimal. And I want to go back to the old days for when this album came out. And so the appearance for this week 
is Ed and Steve on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. And it was it was one of their first appearances on the show, and it's actually a lot of fun watching them talk with Jon Stewart. And they, they have a lot of fun with him, which you can expect. Um, so I will be posting that for people to watch. No, there was information in this song that we missed. What? There oh, is crazy things <laughs> that... Sorry, I just realized it. Aren't you gonna eat it? Music, not really musically, more lyrically. Steven does his wonderful best going back to Gordon during this song, where he just like randomly yells things during the song. (laughs) Right there, yes. That's what he yells out. I love that. So when we have the. Yeah, when we hit the line, I, and cause you're, he goes, Jesus, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> well, Ed very softly goes, Jesus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's like he's saying it like the, like he just saw the cat throw up a hairball. In yeah, the yeah. Like, oh, Jesus. in a turd. The kids knock the TV over. Right. So I love that. Like it's, it, it took me a long time to pick that up. But there's another spot in there that Ed, that that oh, Stephen does the same thing too. I meant too. to talk about this one. You're live. Go ahead. You're good. <laughs> the um, beards, mustaches. While you're listening to that, and I only heard that on my twentieth listen through, probably this week. I finally heard it, and it just out of nowhere. I heard, "I have a beard. I hate children." Yes. <laughs> What? Right at that same spot, yes. They may it's say right that when he uh, says, men with a beard may frighten children or dogs. In the background, Steven says, I have a beard. I hate children. In I a very... <laughs> I swear I've never <laughs> heard that. Tone of voice. You have to listen. I to have back, to go, go back. back. I've got, uh, I gotta go listen yeah. to it. I'll give you a second. Go, okay. go listen to all that right. spot all right now. It's around louder. the 150 yeah, might be even 45 seconds. I think it's 45 seconds. That was an amazing Easter egg for me to find this week. I nearly crashed my truck driving. <laughs> I had to go back and listen to it so many times because once I heard it, I'm like, I gotta keep hearing yeah. this. This is amazing. Our world works in a weird way. I've heard them say a man with the beard may frighten children or dogs. That's <laughs> like... <laughs> that is like right. It's it's it parallels the line. That is crazy. It is right, right in there. In it's there. built in. That is insane. And you, <laughs> on my twentieth listen through, I was just cranking it and just listening to it, and suddenly I heard this thing after two wow. decades of not hearing this line. It yeah, you you out. have yeah, to really be listening for that. Uh, but yeah, that's re- yeah. Well, once you hear, right, it, you can't right. unhear. You can't not hear that line. And you have to not be singing along to it, which is yeah, right. My yeah. Is. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the car blaring it, you're singing it, you're not going to hear that little subtle, but that's that's yeah. No, exactly. That's awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a great little Easter egg. It is. Eric, where can people find you? What what, what do you want to plug? Should I just tell them again that they can find me in Calgary? Mm-hmm. Anywhere in Calgary, we just go to Calgary and start looking. All yeah. right. Yeah. Cool. There's only like 1.3 million it's... people. It's a lot smaller than oh, a lot of right. cities. <laughs> we'll just walk around Calgary shouting um, your name. No, I. All right. Yeah. There's only okay. one of me. We'll get there eventually. Uh, no. Uh, 
Tracy said the first time I was on here that people can find me on the Bare Naked ABC's comments section <laughs> on Facebook and on Billy Stormtrooper. <laughs> and uh, now after uh, listening to I Can Sing, uh, people can now find me on the Stephen Page Discord and on at least there, there, there's a Bare Naked Ladies Discord. I'm on there as well. Um, I don't know if it's the only one, but I'm on one of them if there's on more. one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and those are now my online footprints. All right. So I really am glad that you guys joined me this week. I don't have another pun for you, so I'm going to lead us out. And I just want to say goodbye. Thank you very much for joining us, Eric. It was a lot of fun as always. Thanks, Eric. Thank you for having me again. Nice to meet you, Jeff. Nice to meet you too, sir. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. Except maybe one. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.